It's the internet. You're busy. Let's do this. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb, for the Games Week Decides podcast. This is the podcast where each week we pick a couple of topics. We uh, decide everything that's happening in the world world of video games so you don't have to think about it for yourself. Uh, with me is Mike Minotti. Hi. And Dean Takahashi. And we're going to get right into things here pretty soon. Uh, in today's Hello. episode, we're going to talk about the news and some games. And then in the second segment, we're going to talk about Cuphead and how we are the best people in the world at that game. Oh, uh, you, don't, you don't think we should lead with Cuphead? We could lead with Cuphead. You know what? I think, let's do okay, I so think we should lead with Cuphead. Okay, let's flip it and reverse it. Uh, let's just go Missy Elliott on this shit. We're going to go with uh, Cuphead up front. Yeah, and then we'll go to the break, and then we'll come back, and we'll do the news and the games. Um so uh, I guess we could just get right into it. But before we actually do that, I just want to remind people you can get more from us at gamespeed.com. Uh, you can always contact us at gamesplusadventurebeat.com. That's the plus sign. Or on Twitter at, at gamesbeat or at gbdecides. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, uh, you could subscribe to this podcast. There's an audio version. It's on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere where pods are caught. Finally, if you like the show, Write us on app. Write us on Apple Podcasts. That does help people find the show. Um. So okay. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna uh basically we're gonna go over like like what's happened so far, and then we'll get into kind of I think there's some like bigger topics here that are actually really actually worth discussing, uh, and we'll get into those. But uh, I'm gonna run it down real quick, and then Dean, you kind of jump in and correct me if I'm making any mistakes. So uh, a few weeks ago, you went to Germany, uh, and as part of that trip, you went to the Gamescom industry and fan event uh, in Cologne. And while there, you were... Right. Microsoft, uh, yeah, had a, Microsoft had a uh, series of demos to show me, and uh, Cuphead was one of those uh, towards uh, the middle of the day. So right. I, so, okay, yeah. Uh, so Cuphead was part of play. that, and um, you, you were kind of, you were going there, you were taking a lot of meetings, so it wasn't like, you weren't just going there to play Cuphead, you were going there to see Gamescom and to you know meet with other people, talk with the developers, things like that. However, you did play Cuphead, and we posted that. You, actually, here's what happened: you played Cuphead uh, along with like Assassin's Creed. And you got a bunch of footage, and you came back. And I remember in the chat for work, you're like, "Oh, my Cuphead footage is unusable. It's like so bad." And I, I thought that was hilarious. So I'm like, "Oh no, you got to post that. That's going to be really funny. Uh, I really want to see that." And then you posted it, and I didn't really think about it again until <laughs> until it kind of everything went nuts. Yeah, well, it was a, it was a, it was a com- comedy of errors kind of post, and I've, you know, like I've, I've told people out on the internet that, uh, you know, they, you know, they, they don't know me. I've, I've said I've been a tech journalist for twenty five years. I've been playing games for uh, as a journalist for twenty years, game journalist. Um, uh, but the only requirement in all of that is that I in, enjoy well, it. Let, let- fun uh, let's go into the background real quick though real quick so the, what happens is in, in the video you played the, play, you played it for 26 minutes yeah, yeah. and i think the so, big thing that most people have an issue with is that in the tutorial you like it, it in the background it's telling you what you need to do like there, you need to jump and then dash and there's a box and you're supposed to jump on the box and dash over this next taller box and like there's like a like 90 seconds where you're, you're doing everything except for that and and i, I mean like yeah. So what happened there? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, there, I mean there's, yeah, there's there's excuses. No I, but like, excuse there's, I mean, they're not yeah. no good excuses. There, maybe. I, I would say there's. Well, let, let's see. I mean, yeah, yeah. So I was not playing seriously at the beginning. I was not say performing. You know, as as if I was going to record this and you know just uh, keep it forever and post it on the internet and be proud of it. Um, 
And so uh, you know, I was I was just I was messing around for a while where I was just sort of thinking, okay, I'm going to try every possible combination of things. You know, some of these things I know won't work, but it, it did occur to me relatively late, you know, within 90 seconds or so that uh, that, oh, yes, I can actually go up, you know, jump to the highest peak and at the peak and hit the Y button and dash over to the thing. I, di I didn't think I could actually dash that far. And so before that point, uh, I was not well, then, uh, follow okay, the instructions. Two, two, two things about that real quick. Uh, two things. Uh, okay, so, so the, I mean, one, so I would say I that, would, that still makes you bad at the game, right? Like you would admit that like that was bad. And then two, like you're also playing at a show. And I think, I mean, Mike, you might, yeah. you would know about this as well. Like when, when you're at like something like E3 or Gamescom or GDC, uh, and you go to like play a game, and you're standing up at a station. You've been like running around nonstop. You're maybe not at your best performance. Maybe yet. not so your maybe best. You're uh, a lot of times you're talking to the person. You're trying to like right. do an interview at the same time, and you know. Yeah, you're sure. thinking about your next meeting too. So I think you're. It was you're bad, and you're also playing at a, at a you know gaming convention. Uh, I think those both those things sort of came together as a perfect storm, uh, in a way to make it like even worse than what, maybe what it normally would be for you playing that type of game. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, I mean those those are well, yeah, I mean, excuses for just, for bad. It's game not your genre. So I, I think I do have to come out and up. I would apologize. I would apologize to everybody uh, because I think they expected more from me, and they you know they they didn't expect this kind of video as far as the tone goes. And what I was thinking, which I've done many times in the past, was that this was going to be a funny video as well. That you know it was gonna it was gonna make people laugh. And uh, uh, making fun of myself as a gamer over you know many years has has led to many fun stories for me that uh, you know it's it's well, not you're the main thing I do. I'm not a comedy guy. <laughs> I am a I am a serious serious. That's right. I'm a serious. Well, I mean, okay. I'm a serious journalist a fair amount of the time. All right. Here, making here's fun what of I would myself. Say, me and Mike, okay like, we're pretty on the same so, wavelength. And I think that we like we actually do think you're like pretty funny. I don't know. It's not like intentional, and it's right. not like you're a clown or something. But you have a very unique look at like how you play games, and we're always wondering like, right. man, has he even like d like did he even play like old platformers in the first place? Like, what's your gaming history? Like, did you play a bunch of like what Mario Mega and Man Mega Man games? <laughs> yeah. Whenever Mike bring, brings up Mega Man, you're always like, what's Mega Man to make him mad? But well, like, how truthful uh, is that? Like, no, did, I'm not, did you ever I'm, beat a Mega Man game? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I've never, I've actually never played Mega Man. I've played, you know, I'm not a, you know, not a DS kind of guy at all. Uh, I enjoy shooters. You know, I play action adventure games. Uh, you know, I play mobile games. I do play most kinds of games. Platformers, you know, um, I brought up Mario in this one because that's probably the last uh, Mario or Super Mario um, that I play a lot uh, with my kids. Right, so Super Mario on the Wii um, is something that I. And like, if you're going back to games like this, like Contra, um, yeah, I've played Contra before, uh, but when it was in the arcades, right? <laughs> uh, so more than 25 years ago. Um, so that's not something that I remember how to do automatically, right? So um, if, if, if I'm reaching that far back, I might, yeah, I mean might as well if I've never played it, right? So... Again, you know, going into Cuphead. Yeah, I mean, and then that completely cold. cold from just going into Cuphead, but just playing those types of games in general. Now, I mean, so I think uh, 
if people aren't aware, if you're listening to this and you have no idea what we're talking about, uh, this is sort of blown up. The video has become a lightning rod for a lot of people who I think want to be angry at, or not necessarily angrily, but want to mistrust journalists, which I think I, I, if I saw this video, I, actually, I did see this video and I got kind of enraged. I'm like, God damn, damn it, Dean. Like, how can you be so bad at this? But it was uh, at the same time, I, I, I know, <laughs> I know Dean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and I mean, I, I also laugh angry. too. That's because to I, I think it's I had the context of knowing you and knowing that uh, this isn't indicative of your overall gaming skills. Like you do play complex games, you are capable. Like you, I mean, I know I mean, you put a in hundreds of hours in a total of, war of him playing uh, the new Assassin's Creed, and it's it's fairly competent. Yeah, it's uh, fine. It's like you can't tell you that can that's the same he, person. He's not an AI learning machine that we sent out there to play the demo. <laughs> well, that we know of. That, that we're, yeah, we're not well, that's actually yeah, still debatable. <laughs> that's up um, for debate. Yeah, I think you know and. The one thing I don't want to do is is be defensive because I really lament how the whole gaming journalist thing has become so us versus them with with a lot of readers. Um, right. So, and I, I definitely don't want to perpetuate that. I mean, like the one defense for us is that uh, you know we never tried to phrase this as a serious critique of the game in any way. Uh, it was always, "Hey, look, here's Dean. He's bad at the game. The story that he wrote about it." Uh, which hasn't been looked at as much as the actual video, but you know that's very much just him talking about how he's he's bad at Cuphead, uh, you know, and th- this, this this didn't hurt Cuphead in any way is what I is kind of the important thing here, right? This isn't bad uh-huh. for them. We we never attacked them or anything like that. And again, this and a lot of people are saying you know Dean shouldn't be re- reviewing these games. Well, he, he's not reviewing these games. When when Cuphead comes out, I, I'll probably be the guy who reviews it. I have experience with these kind of run and gun games and these difficult platformers. I will, you know, knock on wood, beat it. Uh, and, and, and Dean reviewed, you know, uncharted recently, he does do reviews. So it's not, I mean, I, I people keep saying, Oh, he like, uh, he's a game reviewer for a living. He gets paid to do this stuff. And I'm like, well, that's not quite true. Dean's first job primarily is to report on what's happening on the business side of games with some commentary on the games themselves. And then sometimes reviews We're a small staff and, and he's completely familiar with those games incapable. Of yeah. Doing. And, and I, I am, and I'm reviewing right. games at a rate of maybe a dozen a year, right? But I mean, I'm you're you're doing games that you're events, you're familiar with in general already, and and if you are playing reviews. a game for review that you're not familiar with, I, I like just for example, if you were going to do the Cuphead review, that would not be our only review. Like we would do that as look at this person who is completely unfamiliar with this this genre. Uh, does this game do anything for them? And it would be supplemental to maybe to Mike's. Yeah, yeah, it was like a slice yeah, exactly. of time um, sort of preview, right? And definitely, yeah, definitely, we we um, we take we take the reviews seriously. You know, I, I do apologize to my other fellow game journalists for uh, uh, throwing the entire industry's reputation, uh, you know, out the window uh, with this. Uh, I, I, mean, I, I, yeah, I, I said that's that, fair, and that that's again, yeah. this, are, this kind of yeah. goes back to what I said to this kind of weird sort of nasty relationship that has developed where like I mean, they're, they're looking out, for like, reasons to mistrust us or to think that we're not doing a good job. And but uh, if you go to the Reddit now, if you go to like any like Reddit where this is blowing up or the YouTube comments, uh, there are plenty of people now that are saying like this, like that doesn't, that argument doesn't really hold water. Like it is just one data point of just him playing this one kind of game uh, and to hold even him accountable, like to say this is indicative of his skill across the board is doesn't work, let alone that this is, somehow evidence of a larger conspiracy of yeah, people not knowing. I, th- I think another way we fumbled was not really remembering the climate. I mean, we, we were kind of aware because this, this had happened with that Polygon Doom video and a couple other things, right? And so this was kind of something that was boiling over. It was something we kind of, yeah, 
Yeah, it was a bit a bit naive for me to think that uh, this would solely be interpreted as a funny video, um, whereas it actually became ammunition for the you know the really sort of angry camp and, and, of, uh, of uh, game people that you know they um, they feel disenfranchised. You know they don't get paid to play games. Uh, we do. And if we do p- get paid to play games, we should take it more seriously. Right. And if you don't have the context of your skills or and, what you do, then you know, yeah, I could see. I can't thing. argue. Yeah, I can't argue with the skill part. Um, you know, pe- people are, keep asking me, like, why do you do this if you have no skill? Well, my answer has always been I have fun playing. Right. And so um, skill has, has uh, you know, it, there's a basic competence problem that people are doubting here. Uh, but I but I would point out that the context in which this this all turned into controversy um, was very manipulative, right? I mean, uh, I, I I post a story, I embed a YouTube video within that story. It's twenty six minutes long. Um, the guy who was very angry about this, you know, excerpted the two and a half minutes of worst possible gameplay, uh, which show no progression. I mean, and then he suggests that you're that, that you're their I mean, game reviewer. Yeah, look at if you looked at twenty six. Yeah, if you look at twenty six minutes worth of gameplay, <laughs> it is all pretty bad. But you can actually see a yeah, pro- for sure. progr- progression where you know at at some point you could say, you know what? I bet you if he continued for a yeah, half maybe. hour more, yeah, maybe, yeah I know this boss is. A- when yeah, he, let's let's he not get crazy play. here. <laughs> so this, I think that that is true. That was a while ago, though. Hopefully, hopefully, it is easier for me now. See, when you play it co-op, it's actually a far different experience, right? Co-op is actually much. Um, uh, I'm not sure. But, but, I'm not sure if they have any difficult. difficulty balancing with that or not. We can we can move on from this pretty soon, but I and I don't want to like uh, definitely don't want to like like hang linger on. Uh, the shit lords that are trying to like get a rise out of people professionally. Uh, I would just say that maybe like what what do we learn from this to maybe just avoid them in the in the future? One thing I do want to say, and like let's, that doesn't get lost, is you know, look, Dean is a very good journalist. He's very he's very well respected in the field. He interviews a lot of uh, you know interesting people. Oh, you know, it, it is a shame that people will know his name more for like like there's people are saying his name more for this than when he was the one who broke that. Um, Bungie canceled Titan, right? Like you know that that was him. You know these these big stories. Blizzard, Blizzard you just made a mistake. Now you're uh, going to be known uh, for that, Mike. Oh, it's no. all over. Now we need to kill it's the journalist. Uh, yeah. but, no, but get in the cage, Mike. Yeah. Get in the journalist cage. But seriously, uh, you know, you know, Dean has a lot of value to add to this field. We shouldn't run him out of town because uh, I mean, yeah, he's if you just come- make no mistake. He's bad at cup and he's very bad at cuphead, but I don't think we yeah, can uh, erase and, and him I, from game journalism because of and I think that's what I learned is that we need to uh, uh, when uh, we post a video like that or a story like that, and it comes across as Venture Beat posting a video without any like flavor of or voices saying, "Oh, isn't Dean being kind of silly here? Look how bad he is." Uh, people can just kind of take that as like, "Oh, you're this is how you're presenting the game," instead of "This is how you're presenting the player." Um, and I think what we need to do in the future is make sure. If we want to do something like this, which I think there is value in doing something silly like this in the future, but if we do that, it would have to be very much make it about Dean, you know, put in a voiceover track where we are either he's talking about it or we're interviewing him while he's doing it and saying like, we don't think this is like the best example of what Cuphead is. It's just his experience. And here's why that is either, you know, maybe that's not helpful to you. Maybe it is. 
Uh, but here's why it, it, it at least is entertaining. I, um, I, I still want to do our uh, Let's Play of Mega Man 3 called Mike Minotti Plays Mega Man 3 to Save Game Journalism. <laughs> I, the people people want to raise the money to make him uh, yeah. make Dean beat Dark Souls. So if you're into it, Dean, if you want to help charity. I mean, the one the one thing that has has surprised me is how much life this has gotten. Um uh, all, all sort of uh, built on either anger or making making fun of me, um, and I, I'm okay, you know, with people making fun of me. I think publicly, um, I do it all the, the time. Anger is something that I um, I think the the game industry and the, the gamers need to think about more. That is, you know, they they feel disenfranchised. They feel like um, they've got this great hobby, and there are outsiders who keep coming in to cover them. Outsiders uh, don't understand them, don't have the skill to to evaluate, and yet they're judging them all the time. And, and I think that's why they got so angry at that's me. That's the narrative. That they, they feel like I'm one of these people who's who's not one of them, right? And so, um, you know, for that, I apologize because, you know, in that sense, I was tone deaf, right? I wasn't yeah, but they don't get to be the gatekeepers either, Dean. Who, um, who actually agree... Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, you can apologize for for missing your tone, I think, and for not speaking to the people there who are legitimately, who legitimately feel disenfranchised. But at the same time, no one gets to decide who gets to do, like, who gets to be a fan of games, who gets to play them, enjoy them, or even who gets to get paid to write about them. Uh, That's something that our company gets to decide. Your paycheck's still going to be in the mail, Dean. You're going to be just fine because... because the, the gatekeeping is, is just sort of a, a bullshit smokescreen to justify a weird culture war. Uh, I mean, I'm, again, I don't want to make this us versus them. This isn't us versus gamers. It's us versus this weird outside element, the real outsiders that are sort of leeching onto the justified disenfranchisement of gamers to fuel this weird battle of of prog- progressivism where people want to like see a better world and want to like, you know, be femi- like be feminist and, and see about like women to be able to come to this industry, things like that. And a, a, a backwards thinking, you know, troglodyte group that just wants to hold things back yeah. and thinks sees gaming as a good vessel to get I also think that. Yeah. I mean, I also think that more people actually should get paid to play okay. games and that, uh, it shouldn't be an exclusive club. And, and that's one of my big, big, big sort of, um, I don't know, um, crusades now, I guess, is that um, there are ways for game companies to figure out how more people can uh, enjoy all the benefits of, of gaming and get paid for it. And, you know, just like all the streamers out there, the, you know, the, uh, the Twitch people, the YouTubers, uh, the esports players, it's like, why can't we all get paid? Well, I, I can tell you what one of the comments said. The reason, we should the reason make that, that we all people can't get happen. paid is because it's, it's controlled by the Jews, guys. That's what this comment said on the Internet. And I, I realize Jason Wilson's our boss, so maybe there's something to that. Do 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 do. Let's not go that way. So what, what we really all learned is that Cuphead is the Dark Souls of Mario's, right? That's that's right. <laughs> that's that. That's what I've been uh, sort of, uh, <laughs> yeah. made fun of <laughs> for for d- displaying, I guess, in in such a and, and, and I think there's way. um. But, uh, I, I do think some of these commenters have been very interesting. Like, uh, you know, there was one guy who said, like, you know, why the hell did you post this? And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I said, you know, this is the reason. Um, you know, I'm surprised at all the mean comments. Uh, and actually turned around and apologized to me and said, you know, look, I'm 
Sorry, I've never said anything that mean on the internet before. Um, something about that video. People are always like on the internet, right? The, the uh, people will say things that they wouldn't say to a person in the face, and when they're confronted with them, they 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 rethink it. Um, yeah, you know, let's, uh, I, I, you know, Dean's bad at Cuphead. Uh, he's not really Cuphead. Okay. We're we're sorry about that. Uh, we're sorry if you were upset by that, but don't worry, nobody was hurt by it. Dean's very good journalist. Let's let's all hold hands and sing Kumbaya, and it, it'll be okay. Yeah, I, I think the last point I'll make is that uh, people say uh, you can't post this because it'll it'll hurt the game, and it doesn't hurt the we, game. We, it, it, first of all, it doesn't hurt the game. Second of all, we can't take that into consideration. Uh, people want ethics in games journalism. That was the, always the battle cry of of that group. And d- deciding not to publish something because it might hurt the the uh, a game, uh, we can't we can't make those decisions. We can't say that's the line we're not going to cross because that would actually violate ethical boundaries. We have to say our own experience. We can't make things up or hold things back to protect some product or some people. Uh, it, it just and you know, unless we are actively trying to hurt it, that's not what was happening here. Dean was just talking about his experience, and that this is what happened. Uh, he, I don't think he, uh, Dean never thought even before he went, like after posting that video. I think I don't think he ever thought like this is uh, something. This is like a complete failing in the game. I think since then, some de- developers have come out and said, you know, this is actually useful. But we've seen someone who completely misses all the cues and completely misses like the you know the instructions in the background, and they don't get it. And you can use this to make a better tutorial. So there's an argument to say it's actually going to be beneficial and could it end up making Cuphead better in the end. Um, I don't know. That wasn't our intention either. But yeah, I we can't just take it. Just, okay, everybody. I think so. Yeah. I think I think everybody's going to watch for any change in the tutorial. Yeah, so I'll be looking for it. Oh, uh, they should just make the, the tutorial Dean, person be Dean now. That'd be so. Oh good. man, I, it's like the. The Dean Takahashi. Oh, that'd be great. The difficulty modes in that game were just like hard, medium, and Dean. Yeah, we'd have to like we would have to like recuse ourselves at that point from like actually reviewing it. Oh, uh, no, Way to go. but <laughs> yeah, we can still write about Dean it. Play Dean mode. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. That would be good stuff. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. Um. Okay. Oh, so yeah. what we're gonna do is we're gonna go to a break. We will be right back. Um. During the break, I'm gonna tell these guys, Dean, Mike, don't talk. It'll be like 30 seconds. We'll be right back. Whether developing, playing, or simply hosting games on a server, Intel makes it happen. And Intel wants to make sure the biggest innovations in gaming continue to happen on the PC by giving developers a hand with the Intel Game Dev Program. All you have to do is sign up, and Intel will provide the resources necessary to help you continue to innovate and make gaming even more amazing. Head on over to the Game Dev Program at software.intel.com gamedev to get started. Again, that URL is software.intel.com slash gamedev. Okay, we are back. And what we're going to do now is we're going to get into some news and what we've been playing, what we've been up to. Um, Why don't we kind of start with you, Dean, uh, since we've been... Harking on you with stuff that you're not good at. Have you been playing any games that you are good at? Uh, I wouldn't say good at. I've of played not. games that I've okay, enjoyed, yeah. <laughs> which, uh, which would include <laughs> the new Life is Strange uh, episode. Uh, I played that. Uh, almost done with Knack 2. Uh, I played Hellblade, and I played uh, Uncharted. The okay, Lost well, Legacy. So it's actually been a pretty pretty busy year. Uh, Let's start with, with Life is Strange. Uh, did you play the first season? 
Uh, I've just mostly watched it. Uh, you know, I, it was almost just uh, something that seemed to me more fun to watch. And so, but you've played the first episode. That's the only <laughs> one that's out so far of season two. What do you think? Uh, I think season two is uh, is very interesting in that you know it goes two years earlier. It um, uh, is still about these these high school kids and captures a lot of the teen angst. Um, but it's almost more trying to um, hook you in on the relationships between the teens. So, um, yeah, it was about, uh, it, you know, the main character isn't Max, it's Chloe, uh, and uh, Chloe feels abandoned because there's a period of time where Max isn't in around, isn't in her life, uh, and she's having a hard time. And she meets uh, another uh, very popular girl named Rachel, um, who turns out to be missing in the later uh, game, or say the original game uh, that happened two years later. Um, and it's just a very interesting uh, interplay between them, and, uh, and so I like it so far. Um, yeah, it's something I, I might check out. I have the first season. I still have never played it. Mike, have you ever touched these games? No, no, I have not. I'm, I don't do much episodic story-based games, really, in general. I was like the guy who kind of like got really sick of the Telltale thing pretty quickly, and that's what this You're was. a bad person, yeah. It It is a little easier to play than Cuphead. <laughs> I would hope so. Did you still fail a tutorial, though? Uh, no, no, I didn't. I didn't actually need one for this. <laughs> All right then. That's yeah, so it's a completely baby mode game. All right, I like it. I like the sound of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, I, tell me a little bit about uh, about Hellblade as well. Uh, what, what do you think about that? You know, Hellblade was. You know, I rated that a ninety-five out of one hundred. I haven't done that in a long time for for any game, and I, I believe uh, you know so. So much in, in what the developers tried to do and what they actually pulled off, um, which was to really create this portrait of a, a woman warrior uh, who was going insane and uh, how she made this, um, you know, sort of figurative journey in the game into uh, the Norse virgin, version of hell to recover her lost love and the, to bring him back from the dead. Um, and... And then, you know, sort of the psychological parallel for that is, is, is her journey into madness and to the utter depths of despair and, you know, her, her um, ability or, or lack of ability to, to see out of this nightmare world into what's really happening. And so all along, you, you kind of wonder in this, you know, this swashbuckling game whether or not, um, you know, what she's doing is really happening or if it's all in her imagination. Right. Um, this is a, a also like much more story focused than mechanics focused, right? I mean, I know, I know it's got, you know, action, character it, it action is, combat. But, but they did, they did a very interesting part in the gameplay where they, um, they have you play as Senwa and you see things as her. And if you actually look at some puzzles in the landscape, if you look at the landscape in a certain way, then you actually see like things like a hidden door or a hidden pathway. And so these things um, uh, come back and reinforce that, um, uh, you know, the things in the gameplay reinforce that what Senwa sees is what no one else can see, right? And, and so again, it's like, is it real? Well, it certainly gets you through the game. Uh, or is it all in her head, right? And it's interesting... How, how they bring the gameplay into reinforcing the main. I uh, th this is one that I'm like hesitant to pick up because uh, for me, 
uh, these these very story heavy games uh, are hit and miss, and I haven't finished near uh, like even the first inning of near uh, Automata yet. Um, so I want I want to finish that, and then maybe I'll use like the thirty bucks I got from selling items in PUBG to pick up this. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm making bank, man. I got to put it back into the uh, into the economy. Um, you've also been playing Uncharted: The Lost Legacy. So is Mike. Uh, yeah. What do you guys think? You guys are huge Uncharted fans. I I, I understand yeah, that about you. I beat what do you guys the, think? Uh, I, beat the I was actually really impressed. I was, I, I kind of like was lowering my expectations for it just because I I didn't know what to really think of it as this weird kind of DLC, kind of standalone expansion, kind of its own game thing. Uh, and I was really impressed by how big it actually was. Uh, how you know, one of the cool things about the Uncharted games is that they all kind of take you to different places. It's a bit of a travelogue thing, right? Um, you, you like the last, the, the Try Four is very piratey. Uh, Uncharted Three was kind of this Arabian sort of, or, you know, T. E. Lawrence thing. Uh, and this one is all in India, so it's, for me, it's like, oh, I'm kind of learning about Indian mythology. This is this is fun. <laughs> like, ah, Shiva, he's she's not just a Final Fantasy summon. Ah, cool. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not a she at all. <laughs> So, yeah, but it was it was really cool. And um, the neat thing, too, is like this one section of the game, they kind of do what Uncharted rarely does, and they kind of made it an open world area for a bit. It wasn't a big one. It's only for this, like, maybe a third of the game. But for a bit there, you can kind of go around, do things in any order. You have a Jeep. You can ride around, and you literally have a map. There's, like, these little mini objectives you can do if you want to. I was like, hey, this is, this is actually pretty cool. Do you guys yeah, think the, that's indicative Jeep. of what they're doing in the future? And go ahead, Dean. Oh, the Jeep was a, uh, the funny thing in Uncharted Four. You had this great Jeep, but you you couldn't really roam around with it. You know? No, you're always it was just driving really, like, upward through a jungle, and uh, you know it was it was like a horrible waste of a Jeep. I thought it was more yeah. of a kind of just like I mean, there were, they did some cool things with it, but it was much more like there, there's a road you're going down. Maybe there's a fork in the road that's going to come back at, at, to the one point for the next thing to trigger. Yeah, but the last much... the last legacy at least has this large open level where. You can really take off with that, Jeep. and it's fun. It, and it, is it like so? It's better than not having like just the path with the Jeep, like um, a vehicle you want to drive around, or is it just different? I think it was cool that it was different. I don't know if it's better. Like, like probably one of the big set pieces in the chart for it was like that Jeep chase, that chase, chase. You know, you're kind of going Jeep downhill, chase. yeah. Um, and that's really cool. And there's nothing like that in this. This is more just like you're using it to drive around and stuff. And I, I think both are interesting. I do think that this is definitely them testing the waters with some more open uh, level design. I think we'll see some of that in Last of Us 2 and, and whatever their next thing is going to be. I, I had a couple of beefs with it. Uh, you know, on, on the one hand, you know, it wasn't as big as Uncharted 4. And so in that sense, it was a bit of a, a you know, a letdown experience uh, from the best of what Naughty Dog could do. Um, well, were you expecting that? Like, just No, I, I mean, I wasn't expecting it, but, uh, but, but there, you're there, still like there was a shortness to it that I thought, oh, you know, maybe I'm only three-fourths of the way through the game, and in fact, I was almost done. See, I, and yeah. just, and you're used the, to what you and, played before. And there were repetitive um, sequences that I've played before in Uncharted games, and I wish that I had had more brand new uh, set-piece-like experiences there. Right. Um, like, it, it, and without being spoiler, talk about spoilers, the, the kind of end yeah, of the, the game is, the is a callback is to um, a famous Uncharted set piece. Now, I was kind of excited about because it, it was like my favorite Uncharted set piece. It's like one of my favorite levels in a game ever. So I, mm -hmm. I kind of thought it was cool. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I get what you're saying. It definitely, and I think that's what makes it not Uncharted Five, right? Is that it is a lot more of it's kind of more Uncharted Four. Um, there, there's some things that are different. You have the different characters, and, and and that's fun. You have this one open area, but again, that's only a third of the game. And when it's not that, it's very much Uncharted Four kind of stuff. Yeah, but, the, you know, you the have last, a different setting, and uh-huh. the, the last thing that I thought was uh, a bit off was uh, you know all, all of the t- the history of Uncharted. It's been criticized for for basically trying to rip off Tomb Raider, right? Uh, but you always had Nathan Drake. As yeah, a, I think those criticisms have fallen off after a bit. Yeah, a male version of Tomb Raider, and now you have a female version uh, of the of the main character. It's kind of full circle, and it, it it sort of seems more like Tomb Raider. And I kept thinking, well, you know, the reboot of Lara Croft and and this character um, don't seem different enough to me. Um, uh, I did like, you know, at least the relationship between the two uh, characters, right? So that right, and I mean part. Of- to me, even more so than maybe like the the fact that they're both similar characters is that the one thing that made the new Tomb Raiders kind of different was that they were a bit more of an open design. So it really was like, oh, this is kind of feeling right. like those Tomb Raider games a little bit, even more so than usual. But yeah. and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Those are very yeah. good games. And Especially like I said, like they definitely took plenty from Uncharted. So right, that's fine. Yeah, still, um, still but yeah, I mean, as a big Uncharted fan, I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was yeah, really l- l- Let me just ask, and then Dino, I can't remember your last game. I'll, I'll get to that after I uh, ask this question. i not a big Uncharted guy. I liked 4. I've tried to go back and play the, the older ones a couple times. They've never stuck. Should I Should I do it? If you like should 4. I, I play this game? If you like 4, if you I like have four. like 7 hours, maybe? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I tell you what. Well, it's ten, it's, it's ten it, for someone who's as unskilled as I am, right? Ten, you know. <laughs> right, of course, yeah. It, it's still, like, going to be the best-looking game you probably play in your PlayStation 4 this year. That's right. that's the funny thing, right? It's, like, it's absolutely gorgeous. I, I don't know what it is about Naughty Dog, but they're... It's, like, they, they make the only PlayStation 4 games. Maybe Horizon a bit, where I'm like, oh, man, this is this looks great. Maybe, like, maybe the only console games anymore. Because almost anything else, I'm like, oh, this looks a lot better on PC. Or this would look better on PC. Like, I never think that while I'm playing a chart. Like, oh, if only this was on a computer. Yeah, it, it is amazing how they're capable to do that. I think a lot of that's just the art. Um, okay, Dean, you had one last game that I can't remember. Oh, Knack 2, I, I also... Uh, knack. Oh, yeah, yeah, Knack, knack I'm on, 2. I, I'm feeling the Knack attack, boys. <laughs> yeah, Knack's back. I got that Knack itch. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um... And you know it. It was naked out of the park. You know, it it was definitely very easy to play, right? You didn't. You didn't. I didn't feel like I got stuck anywhere. Like what? you know the puzzle. I heard the puzzle. first one. I'm, I never played the first one, but I I understood the first one was like weirdly hard. It was. was. That's what I thought about it. Although God, now I'm like terrified to call a game hard <laughs> anymore. Uh, I, I, I think I, I think that was common. So I, I think that was a. <laughs> Please tell me other people agreed with me. Uh, yeah, okay. I, that's not what I thought. Like, I'm sure I could have beat it, but it was kind of hard and it wasn't that interesting. I was like, yeah. It was, it was you know. But did, they, a, they, did they tone it down or, well, or was it, a, was it like a, legit easy? There's or a joke in Mac 2 about, like, you know, all you have is three attacks. And that was sort of making fun of the first game, right? And, and so the, the variety of gameplay, gameplay experience or what you could do um, with the original Mac. Um, uh, was a big lesson for them, and so they they stuck in a lot more things you can do as far as like you know punching really far or grabbing somebody with a hook and pulling them in close and punching them. So so the just a variety of fighting skills that you had to pick up uh, was more entertaining here, and it, it also looks a lot better. Um, and then you know you're going around smashing things for a lot of the game, and 
I uh, that I'm not sure. If I could play it co-op with my buddy Mike Minotti, I would pick it up in a second. We had a lot of fun playing at uh, E3, man. It was yeah, it was it was the end of a long day, and we kind of sat on the couch before the Sony thing. We played it at their their pre-Sony E3 Blitz uh, like party. Uh, and that was cool. I actually really kind of dug that, but it's local co-op only. So we have to like test out and see right. if that. I mean, um, Anthony reviewed it for us. I think he gave it an 80 and he was somebody who was skeptical mm-hmm. about it because he really didn't like Mac one very much. Yeah. It seems to be the general consensus that if, if nothing else, it's definitely a lot better than that. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know, you can grow, you can grow to like 30 feet tall in this game. Right. But there's always something bigger than you. And so you know, the thing, the nice thing to remember is that you can actually shrink to little tiny Mac. Uh, just just when you're about to get hit, and then you can blow up again and take a take a punch, and so like see that's like really yeah, neat. Yeah. As Qui Gon Jin says, there's always a bigger fish, guys. <laughs> man, I'm like <sighs> telling you, man, I got that snack attack. Is, is someone knocking at my door or one of your guys' doors? Not me. Ignore them, Jeff. They're not important. Yeah, like us. Yeah, I'm gonna ignore them. Um, okay, so uh, let's uh, see, Mike. You had another game, Metroid. The Return Metroid. Of How's that going? Or is it the same as Returns? Yes, never mind. Return of Samus was the first one. I got to fix yes. this now because uh, I'm weird like that. Yeah, so the Metroid game for 3DS. So the pre- the preview embargo is up for it, so I could kind of talk about it. Um, tell you what, man, sure is nice to be playing a, a new 2D Metroid game, and it's it is it is that. Like I know you were kind of almost a little worried about this, Jeff. A3. Like you're trying to talk I, yourself I out of it. Hang, hang on, talk to Dean. I gotta go get my baby. I'll be right back. Oh, oh god, that's that's what oh. the knocking was. Oh, gotta, Dean, yeah. finally, I can talk to Dean about Metro. <laughs> we can talk for the next hour while Jeff's uh, busy here. <laughs> well, Jeff, <laughs> oh my god, no, I want to talk to Jeff about Metroid. I want to. What else have you been doing? Hmm. Metroid. Uh, so yeah. Have you played Metroid? Well, you know, once in a while, you know, never all the way through. Um, you know, I I check them out. They don't really uh, get into them as. I yeah. I actually got into. I got kind of crapped on very early on in my game journalism career. I I was the guy who liked Metroid Other mm-hmm. M, which is the one for Wii that everybody hated, mm-hmm. and uh, I still defend it a bit. Although looking back, I, I definitely understand the complaints because it, it did this thing where. Metroid is very good when it's kind of this solitary, sort of almost lonesome experience, and this was. Metroid with cutscenes and lots of talking and a lot of people didn't like the way they portrayed Samus as kind of being anything but just a complete badass all the time. And I, I think it's okay to try to flesh out her character a little bit, but there, there was definitely weird that like Samus was terrified of Ridley, like one of the big boss characters when at this point in the franchise, she's beaten him like uh, a dozen <laughs> times, <laughs> what have you. So uh, it was, and that was 2010. That was the last time they made a Metroid game. Um, so like, I think a lot of the resentment also came from this kind of idea that as other animals killed the series. Cause besides that, the only Metroid game we got was that, uh, that really weird Federation force for the 3DS. Mm-hmm. That's nobody played. That's like call of duty, infinite warfare for me. Like I was one, one of the few who <laughs> gave this, uh, such a good rating and, uh, everybody else, uh, wanted to hate it. And, uh, uh you know, I, I thought it was, I thought it had a nice story in it. A different twist. Remember me, me and Jeff were screaming at you at Game of the Year time. I, I actually regretted not playing it just so I could tell you you were wrong. This year, I'm, I'm playing Call of Duty World War II this year just so I could talk you off the edge when you want to make a Game uh, yeah. of the Year. No, it's, uh, it's I'm ready for you. Enjoyable, uh, and more so than Infinite Warfare. So I played the beta of that too recently. So. 
I didn't touch that beta. My problem with shooters is I'm pretty much always just playing Overwatch every day still. So a lot of times when I see shooters, hey, look who's back hey, with baby. a baby. Hey, it's Emily. Hello. Emmy. Ah, oh, Jeff, we're back. Hey, yeah, we're <laughs> back. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. I was, um, I was just going to redeem with the history of Metroid and other M and why it's a big deal that Metroid's back and uh, like that. So the preview embargo is up. Is it, you said it's good? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm really enjoying it. It's, so I think the, the only, this is kind of like Uncharted Lost Legacy where I was trying to like prevent myself from getting too excited about it. Kind of because they were, the way that they introduced it out of nowhere, right? Like we had no idea this game was coming and they, they didn't even review it on their big E3 stream. It was just done on the treehouse kind of quietly. Uh, and then, also, you know, you see the videos, and it, it uses the 3D polygons in a 2D plane thing. It, it, it maybe doesn't look that good. Um, but like a lot of 3DS games, it looks a lot better when you're actually playing it on the system itself than when you're looking at it on a video. And, um, man, it, it just really is feels like you're playing, like, you know, something like a Super Metroid, or at least a Metroid Fusion, right? Like, oh, man, it's a 2D Metroid game. This is completely new to me. And... I, Metroid 2 on the Game Boy is actually one of the games, few games of the series I haven't really played, so I'm not sure how similar it is to that. But my gut reaction is not very, because it seems like it just has a lot of these new, st uh, new stuff. And some of it's really cool, like, you, you have this uh, kind of counter mechanic, right? Where all the enemies will maybe charge at you, and they'll flash for a second, and you can counter them, and then you can just start shooting right back at them. So it makes the combat really interesting that way. You can hold down the L button. Like, you actually move with the analog stick. You can't use the D-pad. And at first, that seems like a bad thing. But when you hold down the L button, you can do the 360 aiming thing, which is really neat. So, like, you can just kind of stand in place and just shoot all around you and get, like, this real... Precision aiming that you would you just couldn't do in Super Metroid or Metroid like in Metroid Fusion a lot of your aiming is like shooting diagonally and like walking back and forth trying to get them. Now you can you can plant yourself and just aim in all those directions and stuff like that. But I mean more than anything, it's just it's it's two D Metroid man. It just it feels so great to be playing this. It's just all that stuff about Metroid that's that's great. And you're happy to get the the 3ds out again and and to play it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm happy about it, but it's right. fine. You know, yeah, there is definitely still that part. Like, couldn't they maybe it just maybe it made it look a little better and put it on the Switch at this point? Uh, yeah, I, I I was realizing uh, our our thing last week about the Mario spinoffs. Most of those games were on handhelds, and it makes me wonder if those kinds of games aren't going to really show up anymore because of the Switch. I hope not. Yeah, we we yeah. kind of talked about this before too. Like, there are yeah, there are all these great Nintendo games that are kind of these portable things. And I, I hope that stuff doesn't just end because they, they might not really have a quote unquote portable system anymore, but that's still kind of something we're going to learn about in the next couple of years. Once the DS is, is brand is really dead. I will definitely be picking this up. I think so oh, I'm for sure. Oh, if you have any love for Metroid, just I'm curious it. about Mario and Rabbids. Um, that's, I haven't gotten to that one yet. Yeah. So w we, we've been talking about this for the past couple of weeks. Uh, that I, I've been putting in some more time with it. Um, Mike, you reviewed it. Have you picked it up at all since? Is there anything to do afterwards? There, 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 there are things to do afterwards. There's a lot of challenges. There's a new game plus, but I have so many other things to play that I kind of moved on. So I, what I've noticed is that I, uh, I'm really loving the battles. I, uh, yeah. I think, I think that the it just keeps getting better and better. Uh, you know, the your movement capabilities get more. They stack on top of one another, so that makes them more complex. Uh, but it's never like overwhelming. It's easy oh. enough for Dean. I, I like think Dean, you game. should play it. You know, uh, but my my kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you oh. totally do. Uh, that that's true. Yeah, and I think you would like this. I the, my big complaint though, and 
it's not really big. It's just kind of like, man, what, what this is weird is the, the style, all the stuff you do between the battles, uh, especially the, the block moving puzzles. I don't get why that was the thing that, that Ubisoft settled on as like, this is going to be the big thing you do, like, you know, to break up the, the, the action of the combat. It's so like rote and standard and expected and not, and it, it's not, it doesn't like, call back to anything from Mario doesn't call back to anything from the rabbits. It's just this weird, like video gamey puzzle thing that they just put in there to have something else to do. And I just think it's a bummer. It's that it doesn't ruin anything. It's just a bummer. Um, so yeah, and it doesn't bother me outright, but they definitely weren't like, Oh, Oh boy. Another one of right. these. Yeah. It's like, it just, I, I mean, I'm never, yeah, you're right. I go, I get it to him. And I'm never like, Oh, this sucks. This is terrible. It's just, it seems lazy. It seems a little, um, it's, it's a little fillery. Yeah. Uh, other game I've been playing is Absolver. This is like that uh, third person fighting game. I, I'm kind of just been in the single player mode, but it's Dark Souls in the way that other people can invade your world and suddenly you're fighting against another real human. And it, it's cool. I was trying to play with mouse and keyboard. I think I'm going to have to switch to controller just because uh, everything worked except for dodging, like to, to dodge and to duck and to jump. You have to lock onto a character and then move the mouse up and down and left and right. And that never feels quite, oh, it's never as responsive as, as I thought. So, yeah, exactly. Now I'm, I'm fine for, for shooters and stuff where I'm always moving the mouse in that way. And I'm always thinking about it that way. But when you go from like moving the camera to then having to do swift movements with the mouse, like to do a, you know, a precise jump in a fighting game, I think the controller would have the advantage. So I'm, I'm going to switch to a controller and see how I feel about the game after that. Um, but yeah, um, Nothing else really. I like I said, Steam Marketplace. I've been selling some stuff on there and not making a ton of money. Like I've been making some of my money back. I bought some of those crates and keys uh, during the uh, PUBG Gamescom thing. So uh, it was pretty interesting to see how that worked and actually realize that like this is a kind of inter- like a fun way of of interacting with other players and stuff. It might be gambling. I don't know. My baby's mad. She thinks I'm gonna spend all our money on crates and. I don't think I go to college. Well, <laughs> I wanted I wanted a mini skirt, Love that. Uh, in a, a digital mini skirt. Let's mm. get that's very very weird. Um, okay, let's hop into the news, guys, and then call this episode. Uh, and yeah, so let's jump right in with the first headline: Secret of Mana 3D remake gameplay uh, was revealed. Uh, this is basically the, like a, a complete remake of that first Secret of Mana, which I think came to the United States as that Final Fantasy Game Boy game, right? Final no, Fantasy incorrect. Adventures. Incorrect. Okay. Uh, actually, I don't know. I don't know RPGs. Mike, so, just tell me. So, um, no, the first, uh, it, this game has a Japanese, like, Sikaden Jatsu or something like that. Um, the first one came out here as Final Fantasy Legends. Yeah, Final Fantasy Legends, I think. Um, and it was recently remade for the Vita as, like, Legend of Mana, or not Legend, something like that. Heroes of Mana, something like that. Maybe it was Final Fantasy Heroes or something like that. So yeah, they already remade the first one. This is the second one. This is the one that came out to Super Nintendo as Secret of Mana. And then there was a third one for Super Nintendo that we never got. So they already remade the first one. And now they're kind of remaking the second one with pretty similar style to what they had to that. Um, I don't know how I really feel about like remaking the first one, I think was a good thing to do because, you know, it was it was a Game Boy game. It was pretty basic. Um, you know, a lot of people aren't going to play an original Game Boy game as it looked back then, or even like Link's Awakening, you're going to play the DX version of that, which has some colors. Uh, but you know, Secret of Mana was a, a really pretty looking Super Nintendo game. Um, maybe this is just my nostalgia glasses, but I, I like the way those games look, I like the way Secret of Mana 
looks in its original form. Wait, I think, so, so are you saying that you're not happy with the with the 3D visuals? No, like I'm not. Not really. I think it just looks like I think I'd rather have like what was high end, beautiful 2D pixel art from you know the early 90s than low end uh, polygon graphics that could be in almost any like mobile game. Um, moving on, every game announced during the Nintendo Switch Indie Showcase. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to click on this link. This is from a little website called gamesbeat.com. Oh, I heard those guys are bad at video games. They are. They have the first one here, <laughs> Super Mario Boy Forever. So yeah, right there is a game we're not allowed to play, not allowed to touch that. Uh, so Nintendo did this whole showcase of like all these indie games coming to the Switch, and it was pretty exciting. There's a Super Super Meat Boy Forever. That there's this. Oh God, we're getting an auto playing ad on our site, which I'm going to destroy. God damn it! Who do I have don't to talk distracted. to to make that go away? Don't get distracted, uh, Jeff. Shovel Knight, <laughs> King of Cards. Yeah, uh, Shovel so Knight. Shovel Knight. Uh, it's a card game, isn't that? that I mean, that's legit. It's, like, it's a card game, right? No, no, no. It's like that's the card game is a mini game in the full okay campaign right, where cool. you play as that character. It's going to be incredible. All right, that actually is really cool. I, I love King Knight. Uh, he was always one of my favorite. Yeah, characters. it's gonna be it's just it's gonna wait. be like Plague of Shadows, except like Final Fantasy Eight. You have like this card game you can play with people if you want to. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and then um, Mom hid my game, which was a mobile game, and now it's coming to Switch, which I think is is pretty interesting. That that that's uh, where Nintendo is also well, getting games from. And that's what Super Meat Boy Forever is too. But it's basically a mobile game, so we're kind of oh, it is, there's it is. A, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, because it's an auto runner. Uh, and oh, okay. And there's kind of um, there's there's already talk that that mobile version of Final Fantasy XVI they're making that might even be a Switch game at some point. So we're seeing. It's funny because like we're not seeing 3DS games coming to the Switch, but we're seeing mobile games coming to Switch. Right. Yeah. And and they're coming from you know third party indie developers, but still, it's that's interesting. Hopefully, like this Golf Story, the next game on the list, uh, which my baby's excited for. Uh, this is like basically Mario Golf for the Game Boy Color I that hope. we were talking about last week. I hope. And I uh, I think if this game can like do well and show Nintendo, hey, these kinds of games would be really excellent on here. They can look old and they could be small, uh, but they can kind of have a lot of a lot of gameplay and a lot of fans. Uh, I'm I can't wait for this game. It comes out this month. I think the thing about the yeah, the so mobile developers um, uh, getting onto the Switch is uh, is very interesting. They're, I talked to this uh, guy, Chris Kasoke, in Germany um, about his Handy Games company, and he said he was doing 11 games for the Switch. Um, one was, you know, and a bunch of them are, you know, they're mobile game developers for the most part, and um, they're, they're sort of finding it easier to convert these titles over to the Switch than to other things. And so uh, I thought that was kind of nuts, but uh, he's, he's got one Aces of the Luftwaffe that's coming. Like small development company making lots of games for this week. Yeah, um, I, they're speaking of small. There's a bunch of other smaller announcements, but then there was also stuff like Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition. Uh, it's going to have all the episodes included in one package. That's coming to the Switch as well as other consoles. Um, Steamroll Dig Two got announced um, or got a date. I'm sorry, that's coming out this month. A lot of people looking forward to that. Uh, uh, yeah, Morpheus Law. I thought that was a cool looking shooter where, like, you you know, you go in there as a you know, it's a team based shooter and you shoot an enemy, and if you shoot them in the arm, for example, their arm gets smaller and your arm gets bigger, which makes you you know a bigger target. So it's like this weird balancing act that I thought was really smart. Right. Um, and the, the, the No More Heroes one, right? Yeah, Tra- Travis Strikes Back, which we don't know I, a whole lot really... about, other than that it's like this interesting yeah. collabor- collaboration with indie games, and so far the two that they've 
I think, announced our Hotline Miami and Shovel Knight. So really neat. Yeah, I want, I want to see how that works. I wonder if that means it's going to be like a kind of a mini game collection or a micro game kind of thing where it has these other indie games built into it. We'll, we'll see how that works. Um, I think uh, the, the only things I would mention is that I am wondering about Wargroove, which is that Advance Wars like sort of a fantasy thing. Yeah, I, I, like that didn't that didn't show up, and neither did um, uh, what was the uh, the, the other big oh uh, Stardew Valley. And so we don't have dates for those. And Man, I really, really want Stardew about. Valley too. Unless- yeah, and I, I, I think I've heard, and this is, I think, secondhand information. That I could probably confirm this if I looked, but don't take my word for it, is Stardew Valley is in certification with Nintendo. So it could be out very soon. So let's hope that's the case. Um, I don't want to wait too much longer. So, yeah, uh, that does it for the, the Nindy thing. I, I'm, I think it was a really good showing. Uh, I think cool. indie games can often be like, you could take them or leave them, but the way Nintendo is presenting them, it's like, oh, this is a really good reason to own that system. Um, let's see, a couple more headlines. Uh, Player Unknown's Battleground sells 10 million copies, two million in the last two weeks. That's pretty good of copies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they got People something are, there. Yeah, maybe, maybe if they just keep at it. Maybe they'll get somewhere. Um, I I think it was uh, Matt Piscatello from MPD who said like we're beyond a point where we can compare this to anything else. There is no comparable other release that is even similar to help us give guidance to like what this game can eventually do do in terms of sales. So it's just uh, long, getting long lines for the uh, Xbox One version um, of that uh, when I was in at Gamescom in Germany. Yeah, I believe it. I, I know a lot of people are very excited to get their hands on it. I bet that's going to be a huge hit on Xbox as well. Minecraft marketplace creators have made $1 million in the first two months of that program. Um, so this is their program where they let community creators build like add-ons, sort of mods, and then sell them to other community people. Mm-hmm. And then Microsoft shares that revenue with them. Uh, and so, so far, the amount of money that Microsoft has paid out is $1 million. Uh, this is, uh, I think this is like actually one of the things you were talking about, Dean, where like, you know, d- developers and publishers yeah, can find game, ways to make sure games. more people are making money to play mm-hmm. games. I think uh, and, uh, it's interesting yeah. to see where these terms I, are going to go, like how much, what percentage of the take goes to the company uh, versus what take goes to the gamers. Like uh, Roblox... Roblox is going to pay out um, $30 million to their uh, uh, creators now. Um, they've had their platform going for quite a few years now. And um, the company still takes about 70% of it, though. So uh, when you get more competition like this coming... Uh, yeah, exactly. I- Yeah, and Microsoft says it gives the majority. It hasn't ever specified the exact numbers, but it says it gives the majority to the creators after uh, Apple and and Google and whoever else uh, Nintendo eventually once that gets up and running on Nintendo. Yeah, those system, guys are always once they take their thirty percent. So, yeah, yep, thirty percent every time, always and forever. Um, uh, the last story here: uh, GameStop used uh, Foo VR to make some commercials where they basically put digital versions of actors inside of destiny Two. Uh, if you guys don't know, Fuvr is the thing where uh, former, uh, you know, tested editor of, you know, he was in the games industry for a while covering it as a, as, as a journalist, uh, Will Smith, he started Fuvr, um, where it enables him to create this, uh, basically this recorded talk show where he puts on the headset and, and his software will track the movements and the audio and, and basically create animated version of himself that he can then play back in VR and you can put on your headset and join him while he interviews 
the developers of Firewatch, for example, and you're got you're inside the game while he's talking to them, and it was very interesting, a very cool example of, how, of what the technology can do. He has now sort of shifted. He's done the pivot to video thing. Um, he's taken that technology and he's enabled it to work for like TV commercials, where it can just create little animations that uh, that are very quick to make. They're less expensive than traditional animation, and I, I thought it was very interesting to see that. This VR technology, where it is now getting used to create other kinds of, of art and other kinds of uh, of products, and it just kind of shows like there, there's a lot more to this tech than maybe we were first realizing, and other people that are going to figure out how the, to use it the and VR survive while we get through this. Out how, oh, to, how to say. repurpose, you know, repurpose exactly. their technology for other. Things. You have to get the other side of the desert. Yep, that's right. Um, and I think that's going to do it for news. You guys got anything else worth talking about from this last week? Well, my, my apologies to my colleagues for bringing down you, game journalism. As well. <laughs> oh, I think you're just fine, Dean. I think you're just fine. You're giving Reddit a, a, a laugh anyways. Yeah, at this point, I think most people are kind of over their rage and they're just kind of enjoying the bad video. Um, and if you are mad, that's okay, too. You're and allowed. I There's nothing wrong with that. That's all right. Yeah, for real. Take We're it. okay with that. that yeah, exactly. Uh, we get it. Um, so... I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, before we go, though, I want Dean, uh, Dean why don't you tell everybody where they can find you if they do want to yell at you. <laughs> Dean Tech on don't Twitter. Don't give your address, you just, just your, like, your Twitter. All of the Dean should be fired messages uh, to Dean Tech. <laughs> and then uh, how about you, Mike? Uh, I'm at uh, Tolkoto on Twitter, T-O-L-K-O-T-O. Also do the Exploding Barrel podcast every week with my brother. That's at ebpodcast.com. And I'm always on GameSpeed. Emmeline's a big fan of the Exploding Barrel podcast. Oh, I know she you? is. She's number one. Yeah, she listens to it in the car when daddy drives. All right. Um, and I am Jeff Grubb on Twitter. You can get me there. Uh, I do some videos on YouTube, youtube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. Um, we also run the PUBG Family Dinners on Friday, where I live stream a bunch of games, games industry professionals, developers, media, media people, music composers, um, and we all play PUBG together and try to hurt one another, and it's very entertaining, and often we open it up to the public, so if you're watching on Twitch, you can hop into games with us and shoot people like uh, 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 Super Meat Boy composer Derry Baranofsky or whatever. Um, so yeah, uh, jo join us for that. And I think that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank you, everyone, for joining us. And mm. just remember, we are the Cuphead Professionals. Yeah? No? All right. Thanks, guys.